Well, I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for all that this church has meant to me and my family. Um, this church is home, and so, you know, people come and go, but uh, you never leave home, so this is my home. So if you thought you were getting rid of me, sorry, uh, there's no way. So as we co-labor in the kingdom together, and, and we're a little bit up north, and you're here, uh, this is always home. And my pastor is always my pastor. And, you know, if you know Jonathan, there's, there's two things about him. One, he hates to be talked about on stage, uh, so I will. I have the mic, and Joey, yes, as you're married, you have to grab the mic. When you, when you have it, you have to take advantage of it. Um, and second, he's a great encourager. And, uh, Pastor, I appreciate uh, our friendship and everything you've done. You have been an amazing, uh, not only colleague, not only co-labor, but... Uh, a, a pastor we all are proud of. You have represented us and the Lord, not only, I think you would agree, with integrity, and as he lives uprightly before the Lord, he has represented the Lord in this congregation, not just with excellence, but with an incredible example and a model to follow. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. That means so much to all of us. Absolutely. You, you fight the good fight. You keep it up. Continue to live that life of integrity. You, you, re, you reflect not only you, the Lord, your family, but this great church. And, and I'll do it if you do it. We'll, we'll keep it up. And, uh, you know, there's so many things you do. There's so many things that leaders do. Uh, but first and foremost, we must uh, lead uh, our people holy, righteous, and pure before the Lord. So, um, we have the best pastor in the world in the nation. I don't know if you knew that, but we're declaring it right now, and God be praised. And how ironic is it that our message today is on encouragement, what our pastor has given us so many times. What I like is that he preaches the truth in love. He doesn't withhold the tough words, but it's always done in a spirit of you can make it an encouragement. And that's one of the messages I wanted to bring with you today, entitled, Everybody Needs Encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. I am comforted that in Scripture there are many, many giants of the faith that stop from their ministry and they describe how life is hard. And even though I don't like to will that upon anybody, it is comforting to know that even the strongest people like the Apostle Paul just had to stop for a moment and say things are really, really hard. Life is full of joys and victories and successes and celebrations, and there's a lot of valley moments, and there's a lot of times where you get down. But I have seen through just my 18 years of, of being here at Lynchburg and, and 22 years of marriage and 47 years of life, I've seen that every single person, no matter who you are, where you live, how well you try to veil it, how you try to play the part and and lead others, no matter who you are, where you're at, what your personality is, whether you're tough or there's this facade or you're tender and emotional, I've learned that everybody needs encouragement. My encouragement for you today is one of twofold. If you are here today needing God's encouragement, I pray that you will receive it today. I pray that you will begin to see how God is delivering and bringing people across your path saying, hey, you're going to make it, and, and you've shrugged it off, and, you, and, and then you hear great worship, and you're like, I want to believe, I, I, but I don't know. I, I want you to begin to receive God's encouragement today because he works through people. And then if you're here today doing well in soul, as the book of James says, I pray that you will give freely encouragement. 
Today, we'll learn how to literally give the exact, particular, specific encouragement to every single person you run into. You're like, well, Ben, how will I ever know exactly what to say to everyone? There is a way. There's actually a way. And this passage is going to teach us exactly how to know the exact words to say to every single person, no matter who they are, your boss or subordinate or colleague, your family member, a distant relative, you're going to be able to know exactly the words to say. And I pray that you listen to the Holy Spirit and act on that. So I pray if you're here today and you're down and discouraged, I pray that you walk out of this room encouraged today by the, by the truths and encouragements of God's word. And if you're doing well today, I pray that you never cease to encourage people. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. I'm going to take you to a portion of scripture where the great apostle Paul, who was looked on as one of the most profound theologians of his time, he was the one that framed the, the teachings of scripture. They referred to him and cross-referenced him to make sure that their teachings were accurate. He was one of the leaders and established the most of the churches. So many churches supported him. So many churches leaned on him. So many people looked to him for advice. He was the most paramount, tantamount leader, the scholar, theologian. He had defected from atheism. He came to Christianity. His testimony is profound. A lot of people wanted to get at him, and a lot of people wanted to get near him. He was the most, probably at this point, the most prominent, popular Christian in Christendom in the Middle East at this moment. And you think, oh my goodness, we get to sit at his feet. What is he going to say to us? Let me give out my notepad, or in their case, parchment. What would I just, to, to transcribe all the glimmerings of wisdom and knowledge and profundity that he's going to give us, what is he going to say? So at this moment, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, 6 and 7, he's going to teach us one of the most profound life lessons, but it is not going to be something we expected. Because this great theologian, tremendous leader, a man that knows a lot and seemingly has it all together is going to pause for a moment and say, pray for me, I'm hurting. Hold on, that's not the message I've come for. I need to be tutored and mentored. But sometimes the greatest examples is to sit at feet of people that seemingly have it all together and have all the fancy titles and they just say, pray for me because I'm human too. Everybody needs encouragement. We sit at his feet, he pauses for a moment, then he looks up, hears his words to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, 6, and 7. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted me by the coming of a friend. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was, he was comforted in you. He told us that your earnest desire, he told us of your mourning for me, he told us of your zeal for me, and now I rejoice all the more. Did you notice that in these three verses he says, I had no rest, and then at the end he ends rejoicing. He went from stress to rejoicing. Something in the middle, he said, I'm troubled. I, I, I conflicts without, fears within. There's a lot of stuff going on. 
But then in two verses, he said, something happened and it's causing my spirit to rejoice now. What was that in the middle? What happened to even encourage the strongest spiritual leader? People came and delivered encouragement. He got from no rest to rejoicing after experiencing people who came alongside him. And simply, secondly, he learned that there were people out there that cared for him. That's all he needed is to know that some people are sympathetic and praying for him out there. See, wherever you are, wherever you, whatever you do, the, it's proximity does not deliver necessarily only God's healing balm on a, on a hurt soul. You can, if you can't come, at least just be out there and care and let them know, if I could be with you, I, I would, because it heals a soul. And the Apostle Paul said, I was troubled at every angle. But I had someone come, and I knew there was a slew of people that loved me out there, and now I'm finding my soul rejoicing again. If you need encouragement, know there are people out there that love you. This is why the body of Christ is so important. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some people do, but encourage one another, seeing that the coming of the Lord is near. Know that this is a body that is out there. You may say, well, there's a bunch of strangers, but guess what? A lot of prayers. You know what? There are some prayer warriors in this room that have probably just seen your face and seen your demeanor, and they may never walk across the auditorium and shake your hand. I promise you, though, they have lifted you up in prayer. Some people are out there. But that's why you need the body of Christ, because you need some people just here. You need to maybe even not just hear their words, but just to, just to hear their praise and their worship in a room in their heart that is so happy and full and to go, yes, I can get there again. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Let's just state the reality. Number one, everybody experiences hardships. This is, uh, I, I think it doesn't do anybody any good to say that I have to live life without it being hard because that's just normal. I mean, it's just really normal to admit that life is hard. You know, there's a portion in Philippians where Paul says they want to add to my affliction. It's hard. They want to make it harder. I love that. He says, let's admit it. It's hard. Well, here he admits it. Verse five. Let's go back there. Everyone experiences hardships. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. It's interesting, this word no rest. Now, mind you, I'm going to give you a hunting metaphor. I do not hunt. A lot of my friends do. I learned in Pennsylvania where I'm going that on Thanksgiving week, they have Thanksgiving week, and then they take the following Monday off. All the schools and all the county do because it's the first day of hunting season. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'll sit on the lodge and drink coffee, and, you know, morning. I, I don't know. But so here's my one and only hunting metaphor. You have a bow with about 60 to 70 pound weight. The Greek word here for no rest is called anasis. It meant tense, tight, stressed, un begging for release. It was used of when, when archers would pull their bows back and the 60, 70 pound pull weight, and they pull it back and they're about to let go and they stop. Right at that moment, that string is labeled anasis. It's something that is tight. It was used of muscles that were cramping and just begging for release. If left in this position too long, anasis, it would pop. It would break. That's how Paul describes the situation. And we would call it stress today. I am so stressed. Things are so pressuring. I'm just begging for these circumstances to be released. He said, when I came to you, everything around me was tight. And by the way, it's not self-inflicted here. It's just life. 
He admits the reality of life. We were troubled on every side, every angle. Uh, the word troubled is phlebumanoi. It's, it's a goofy word, which means that it's, it, it, it was used of when they would press grapes on the ground. It was, it, it, in fact, it's used in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. It talks about how the Christian way of living is going to be very tough and full of persecution. And it says, straight is the gate and narrow, that word, is the way. The way of the Christian walk is not easy. There's troubling, there's pressing on every angle. I couldn't get away from it, he said. I've had those times. Outside were conflicts, stuff I couldn't control. I have to think what were his conflicts. Probably he took a stand for Christ. In fact, at this point in his life, uh, people were following him town to town to try and break up his synagogue messages. So he had a lot of admirers following him around trying to interrupt all of his ministry because he took a stand for Christ and he was still experiencing these conflicts following him. Maybe you took a stand for Christ and now you're getting ridiculed. And you think it's no fault of my own. You're right there. Conflicts without. Maybe there's some family struggles. Maybe may, This could actually be just simple circumstances. Bills are coming in, cars breaking down. There's just a lot of stuff that's out of your control. Paul says that's normal and it's okay to admit it. But here's what, listen to this. Lots of stuff happening to me. Listen to what he is beating himself over. Self-inflicted pain, fears within. He, this strong leader, somehow, some way, is beating himself up inside. He's maybe humanly listening to the lies of the devil, going, you're, you're not really good enough to do what you're doing. In fact, if you read the book of Acts, every time he's talked about his salvation experience, he brings up the point of his horrific past and how he killed Christians, and he is so ashamed of how he lived blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ and thought he was doing good, and talks about how he killed mother and father and children, got letters of extradition, and stoned them. Maybe he can't get over his past. You know what? When I hear this, I hate that Paul went through that moment. But I have to think if he's going through it, we're going through it. Maybe some of you are here thinking that the Lord gave you victory, but the evil one's like, no, 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 you're not that good enough. You weren't worthy of his grace. Well, I guess I don't deserve to leave. Maybe I should just do a job and, and put away all my ministry dreams. Maybe, maybe I don't deserve to put the oracles of the gospel in my mouth because of what the Lord saved me from that was horrible. And the, and the evil one's listening to you. I'm here to tell you today that the Lord never wants you to live in that situation. Because when the Lord has given grace, when he has declared you free, you are free indeed. And the apostle Paul is sitting there going, you know what? Maybe he... Maybe he can't get over. Maybe he just can't embrace today. And you know, it comes like here and there, doesn't it? Some, some lonely, quiet nights, you just sit there. And you had a good day yesterday, and you just sit there and think, I'm just not worthy to do what I do. And the Lord says, guess what? Yes, you're not. But you proclaim the name of Christ, and I will go before you. I have forgiven you and redeemed you. And who can bring any charge to my elect? For I'm the God that justified you. You take your confidence in me. And by the way, I'll just add a little side note to all this. If I were to hear this 
situation in, say, my office and we're counseling or praying for someone, I would add this little encouragement. I would say, you're right. You know what? You cannot change the past, but you can change the meaning of it. You did what you did, yep, and you know who should be the biggest advocate against that sin in anyone's life? You. And yes, if anyone walks up to you and says, oh, no, 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 you, you don't, shouldn't listen to this person. This person did this, that, and the other. You know what your words should be? You say, yes. And you know what? The Lord's grace and mercy just absolutely were sin abounded, grace much more abounded. And yeah, on my watch, you're not going to do that too because I have given my life to Christ. You can be used again. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged. I love that Paul in this verse then begins to offer encouragement. He says, here's how I got through. Watch this description of our great God. This is so exciting. Listen, okay, before I read this next verse, there are so many things we could say about our great God. He's holy, righteous, pure, sovereign, you know, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all those fancy dancing words. We could say so much. What I think is one of the coolest, most amazing descriptions about our God is coming in this next verse. Listen to this description of our great God and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Here's how Paul got through. But God, who comforts the downcast, notice those four words right there, comforted us. Now, guys, leave it on the screen for a minute. I want, I want you to see this. Watch this. Don't miss this. The underlined words, let's pretend that they didn't exist for a moment, okay? So you just kind of put your thumb over them, and four words remain. Now, the underlined words actually do not grammatically need to be there. You could have had a complete sentence without those underlined words. And here's what it would have said. God, nevertheless, God comforted me. That would have been great. But it would have begged the question, will he always? He did today. Would he, would, he, would he show up tomorrow? What if this pain lingers? What if this is a long-term struggle? If I can't get out of this situation, will he show up tomorrow? Will he show up the next day? Will he show up the next year? What if I bring and resolve this issue, but I bring another concern to him? Now look at the special words that were added. Grammatically, they didn't need to be there. So when the Holy Spirit put them in there, they are intentional. They are for emphasis. So we could have said, God comforted me today. We would have had a lot of questions. So to assure us that he will always show up when we need comfort, here are the words. But God, oh, by the way, who always comforts the downcast, showed up today. It's his character to comfort the downcast. That's the God that comforted me. Not just but God comforted me. The God who by his nature comforts the downcast. That's the God that showed up today to me. God will show up anytime you need him. Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. There is not an instance, a life situation, where God puts you on hold, or he kind of forges you to a voicemail. It's not an instance where you cannot ever get the immediate attention of our Lord, which, by the way, he already knows every emotion, every twinge, every heartstring, every feeling, every fear, every anxiety, every level of depression. He knows exactly all the players involved. He knows all the quick-witted individuals that you feel that you can't work around. He is the God, the sovereign one that 
it, knows everything you're going to, through, and he is right there with you. So it's not just that you have to hope God shows up this time. It is by his character. He always comes on the down, and ministers to the downcast. That's the God that showed up right now. But God who comforts the downcast showed up. It's by his character. He will always show up. And there is no better way to reflect the heart of God than to show up when people need encouragement from you. We live holy. He is holy. We live righteous because of his righteousness. But you know how else you can reflect the heart of God? Encourage one another. Give them encouragement. Well, how do you know what to say? How do you know exactly what to say? Did you know that you can know exactly the right words every single time, every single person, deep friend or stranger? Here's how you know. Every day before you even speak a word, you in the quietness of your heart, you prepare yourself and you pray to the Lord and you commune with him and you confess your sin. You get so close to the Holy Spirit that in your devotion time, you can hear his very whisper. You say, Lord, put on my heart scriptures today. Let me meditate. You get into small groups. You start to speak truth. You start to receive truth. You are so spirit controlled. You've learned scriptures. You listen. You saturate your mind with praise and worship. You listen to people that teach the scriptures. And certain scriptures like, are really like repeated in your mind and in your life. And you're like, man, why is this pro proverbial statement in Proverbs on my mind? I don't know. And then all of a sudden, you'll find that right at that moment, the spirit oftentimes will say, why don't you just email that person and speak them a word of truth? Well, why? It's not your reason to know why. The Holy Spirit knows why. I may not know why, but the Holy Spirit says, why don't you just text them a scripture and just say, I prayed for you today. Or I had you on my mind. Or you just walk to your pastor and just say, I don't know. I just want you to know this scripture was on my mind. I pray this to you and you just send it out. You just turn to your child someday and you just say, hey, I hope you're having a good day. I just love you. I miss you. By the way, I don't know. Hey, you're doing great in dance. I, I, you know, I tell you that a hundred times. I felt compelled to tell you 101. That's exactly how to know. And you're like, well, Ben, how do I know that was the word? And again, it's not our job to know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell us, oh, by the way, she's hurting with this. So this is the debriefing. Her husband's going to leave her and they're having a trouble with their bills. No, no, no. All the Holy Spirit says, you've been communing with me. Go speak a word of encouragement. You may never know till glory the power of the truth that you delivered, but God delivers his encouragement through you. So be very close to the Holy Spirit and you'll know exactly that's how God has the perfect words. God delivers his encouragement through people. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse six. Nevertheless, the God who comforted the downcast comforted me by the coming of a friend. Sometimes you just have to be there. Just sit there. Your mere presence pastor many times, us in ministry, when we go to a hospital, I, it's funny, a lot of pastoral students say, well, what do you say? And they get their notebook out and they're like, well, tell us what the formula is. We need to know what to do when we visit a hospital. And the answer sometimes is just nothing. You just joke about the hospital, jello, food, you know, or whatever. You know, watch QVC on the TV and 
You're just kind of there. You know, the gospel says, if a man needs bread, do you throw him a stone? Sometimes a deep theological truth is a stone. Sometimes they just need a hug. The coming of Titus. Titus just came. I know he loves the Lord. He loves truth. I can go to him if I need anything. But he just came. And then, as we said, there are people out there. I knew that someone came, and I needed to know that there were people out there that simply cared. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation, the comfort, which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, meaning you long to be near me. Your mourning, it means sympathy. You have sympathy for me and your zeal for me. You love me and I rejoice more and more. The word zeal is zealous. It's the root word for jealousy. Zealous jealousy. There's people out there that'll say, you know what? If you're going through something and I can't be near you, I will pray hard for you. And if I am near you, I will go out and fight for you. It's that person that just knows that I've got a church, a body of Christ that will protect me, that will pray for me. And if they're with me, they'll fight arm in arm with me. And if they're away from me, they'll be so zealous about praying for me. It's the root word most translations translate it loyal. I've got loyal friends in the body of Christ. Listen, if you're here today and you need to know how to minister to people and you go, I don't speak, I don't lead, I I don't play, give God's encouragement. And if you're here today saying, this is like water to my dry parched soul, then receive his encouragement today. Start hearing and receiving the words of people and the scriptures that they've been sending you because that's God's message straight to you. And I'll start. I just want you to know that wherever you're at, it's gonna be okay. Wherever you're at in your life situation, whether in student, you're thinking professionally now that you're graduated, what am I gonna do with my life? Listen, man makes his plans, God directs his steps. Go as far as you can with the the information that God has given you, but don't feel bad when you don't have all the information. That's exactly what God, where he wants you. And what may seem like a change of plans to you is only one more step in God's providential plan. It's gonna be okay. If you think there is no one in your life that is able to listen, and no one that understands your situation, please know that the world is full of people that have had conflicts without and self-inflicted things from within. It can be overcome, and it can, you can receive victory. I want to encourage you that God can heal you and restore you and cause your mouth to celebrate the truths of the Word of God, and you can impact people again. If you are someone that can't get over your past and you feel like that you have no right to put the oracles of God in your mouth because of what the Lord has done for you, even though he has forgiven you, I want you to know that we have heard from Scripture from a man that has literally killed Christians. And I want to stand in front of you and testify from the Lord that he can do great miracles in your life and he can cause you to stand on a stage and speak the truth of the word of God because you, can, you proclaim the truth that it's not of your might and not by your doing, but it is by the power of God and his grace and mercy. Mercy and grace is at the heart of his kingdom. You can preach the truth of God. You can be used by God. Your family can be restored if you would just live life God's way. Your family can forgive if first you exhibit 
repentance and forgiveness and humility. I just want you to know if you're coming in here today and need encouragement, you can make it. You can stand because God who comforts the downcast is right there with you. Hebrews 10. Let us hold tightly without wavering the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect the meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. Seeing now that the day of his return is drawing near. Wherever you go, wherever you live, whatever you do, I know this is true. Everybody needs encouragement. Would you join me standing and pray? Lord Jesus, I have to believe that there are some here today that need your encouragement. I pray, Lord, that their souls have been so exhilarated and lifted up knowing that it's okay to say life is hard but that they know they're not in this battle and this life alone. Lord, may we be a church that comes around people that need encouragement to just offer our prayers or our presence. But Lord, may they know that in this place, we all are living life together and that we will lift up and prop up their arms. And Lord, I pray that if people are doing well, that we stand on the mountaintops and we praise, saying, Lord, you are so good and that we are quick to encourage other people. Lord, our altars are open today for both those types of people. Lord, maybe we just need to take a moment with our loved one and just come forward and just thank you. It's just a prayer session of gratitude and praise and thanks for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, we cannot praise you and thank you enough. We need to never forget that it was you that put us here. This is our time we'll reserve right here, Lord, to praise you. And Lord, if there are people that are discouraged and they need someone just to pray with them. Lord, our leaders are here. We're just here to give them encouragement. May nobody leave out of this room defeated because of you, a great God who is here, always ever present with those that are discouraged. Be with us now, Lord, as we pray and give this time to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As we sing, if you need any prayer, please come forward. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. 
But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's words, very clear, what we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope, to let the world know God loves. Thank you.